Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pick and Roll. Bad time, my dog. I'm sorry, but welcome back to Pick and Roll. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today for yet another show where we go through NBA discussion and betting. And uh, we had have we've had a pretty good couple of, of shows here. Uh, the past two live streams have been the two most popular shows that we have done so far. The Friday show didn't even any include any official picks, but Yesterday's show was by far the best, so thank you guys so much for supporting the content. Uh, we really appreciate that. A lot of subs came in. We appreciate that as well. If you guys are new to the channel, make sure you get subbed so you can keep up to date with the five shows we do a week, every weekday around 11.50, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and make sure you guys hit that like button so we can help get some more new viewers coming out to the stream. Uh, yesterday, the picks, it was a winning day. There were three picks. They go two and one. Unfortunately, we do have to update our hook counter. This was the only play that was lost. Uh, man, Porzingis, I, I thought maybe he could have gotten us over the line. Unfortunately, he did not. So the hook counter, since we started counting, is down to one and three. And we're really hoping that balances itself out at some point. But we'll bring up the full tracking from the season so far. And we will settle for the winning day, at least. I I'll, I'll take that one as I show up the bet stamp odd screen here. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the hook loss. Keldon Johnson pretty comfortably covers his line. Chris Tapps, Porzingis. It, it seemed like maybe he may have gotten there late, but foul trouble plus a blowout for the Wizards, who have now won six in a row, uh, were, I guess, the reasons this one did not play out. Uh, Pips, is that what you saw as well? So can you just repeat? The, I, I didn't hear the last part of the question. Oh, just... I, I was saying Porzingis foul trouble plus blowout yeah. is probably the reason yeah, yeah. for this one. So it was like an excellent start. Actually, the best start of all of these picks we had. Every single, like Steph Curry scored three threes in the first quarter, but every other guy had a poor start. But Porzingis actually had the best start. He scored 13 mm -hmm. points in the first seven minutes of the game. And it was like, okay, this is an incoming 30-point game by Porzingis. And then he just like disappeared, completely disappeared. Like he didn't even take had attempts. Like he had 50 minutes stretch with only one field goal attempt, which was weird. But so yeah. And then he got into the foul trouble mid the the third quarter. He usually plays like almost the entire, and he was six minutes there. Then he got in like 10 minutes in, in, into the fourth, uh, scored two buckets. Like in in in, one, in in like two 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 straight possessions, and then got benched because these two buckets made a blowout. <laughs> so yeah, and also like he left the game I think with two thirty left, with needing only one one point. And also one of the reasons he he got under is Danny Abdia, <laughs> who just took over in the fourth, and I think he like had. 50% usage because he was shooting on every possession and scored 20 points. And everyone was like, okay, like we are winning by 15. No, 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 no need for us to, to push. And then Yavdia was amazing game. Yeah. This one hurts because we saw like Porzingis hit over on this line in 27 out of the last 30 with minutes. He got 30 minutes, but no need for him to 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 shoot that much and yeah unfortunate how that one plays out uh always sour to lose by the hook there but uh this was one maybe it kind of made up for it um the, the, we'll go to the shea gildas alexander steph curry play curry 
easily clears the three-point line. Uh, he only has not cleared that line once this season, so happy with that. Shagos Alexander on the 28-and-a-half does finish with 31. He was at 27 late in this game, and I think OKC were just close enough that it kept him on the court, and he had two late buckets to get to 31 here. But overall, you spoke a lot about the way Golden State played defense. Is that how they handled Shea, who operated in mid-range here? Yeah, I wouldn't say the Shea one was lucky at all. Like it was an easy over. Like he ended up the third the third quarter with twenty seven points. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he he always gets back with five minutes left. He did the same thing this time, and the game was actually pretty close. And th- this was like five point six difference. Shea came in, missed the first two shots, got third and and fourth one, and yeah. He scored 31 points when having one of the worst shooting nights of the seasons. Of the season, he started the game with zero from eight, and every shot he missed was like he shot he usually makes. He would just like step back from the mid range and shoot wide open, and it was a brick, brick, brick. But he he got it going, and yeah, he had a huge second and third quarters combined for like I don't know, like 20 points in two quarters. And yeah, ended up the third with 27. And then he actually started the fourth, played one, played one minute, got to the 27, got benched, and then came back with five minutes left. And yeah, this was like, for my side, this was like great, but easy, easy, easy winner. Yeah. But it's not easy for the guys because Shea regular line was 31 and a half, and he had exactly 31. Oh. Taking the wow. game parlay here was actually pretty good. So at least we didn't uh, lose another hook. Shagus Alexander has contributed to the hook counter, unfortunately, in the negative side. From just from my perspective, I was I was watching uh, the Raptors game. I just checked in on the score. It was like there's like two minutes left. He's on 27. I'm like, ah, he just needs one more. And it was a 10 point game. Yeah. But, um, and, and I also was watching the Raptors game later because I, I you know I asked you about the Andre Ayton. I was thinking about betting his under, and the good thing I didn't bet it on the show because yeah, he obviously gone over. And the way he went over, like it's crazy, but it's DA. He's very talented, but yeah. I wasn't happy with the way the Raptors defended him at all. Like neither was I, man. Yeah, like I think it was the like he had four dunks, three offensive putbacks, and three times uh, deep inside on Fred Van Fleet, like. How can you switch Fred from Fleet to DeAndre Ayton in some, like? There was also a play where they had Siakam came to double Ayton, and then Ayton kicked it out, and then Siakam left him in the post yeah. with Fred Van Vliet there instead. Yeah. And I was wondering why they didn't switch off. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Even against the Warriors, they killed us in the paint on Friday. Uh, it's yeah. let's not let's not get started with me on the Raptors. Yeah. Final also, play. To, oh yeah. It, go ahead. it can be a part of discussion, but. I saw the some I think Bordeaux or something like huge Rockets account posted about Nick Nurse coming to the Houston Rockets after the season. I was like, I saw that too. Yeah, I'm okay. I I I love him over Silas, but I don't know. I don't I don't want this frustration every night because yeah. <laughs> I think he's he's one of the best coaches in the league, but he's also the one of the most frustrating coaches in the league. I can definitely. Agree with that. His future is definitely in a, a tiny bit of question, but uh, I trust he's, he's one of the best coaches you said. Hopefully he makes the adjustments he needs next season. Uh, final play to recap uh, wasn't the Timberwolves game. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert, very easy cover on the rebounds. Did not. I think this game went to overtime, but he did not need overtime to cover this line. Anthony Edwards as well. He co- did not need overtime to cover. He covered this in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, it was just a case of minutes for Gobert. He got out to a, a pretty good start here. And uh, I'm sure that it just, just kind of went as expected for yourself. Yeah, everything went as expected. Gobert played 36 regular minutes. And yeah, he killed this line. Helped that Kings didn't shoot well. So it was a poor poor, poor game for offensive yeah, game for yeah. both teams. Also, uh, Edwards gets it pretty easily. Like I think he had 31 in the, in the regular time and cleared this line with four minutes left or something. So no sweat win and everything went as planned. And if we had a little bit, a little less picks, and I think I will go actually both these guys regular lines over on the show. But we also we had like so many. The slate was too good, so I went just to Senge for with three Senge parlance. But to, if we had today's slate, I think I will go like Gobert over eleven and a half rebounds and uh, Edward over twenty-seven and a half points. Makes sense. And you know what? Maybe some viewers like myself took your the Rudy Gobert handicap and double dipped and took it on its regular line. So uh, appreciate that as well. Let's move into our discussion piece now for today's show. Um, maybe we should have talked about them yesterday, but we did want to talk about the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing. Oh, by the way, um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't know if you did go into Nick Claxton's full blocks and steals so far this season to see if there's any if he wants like on Jaron Jackson, did you uh did you did you manage to do that? I didn't manage to do that actually. Okay, nope. no no problem. No problem. I, am, but I had some so some stuff personal, so I didn't have the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. I'll do I just it this week for, for sure. Okay, okay. You let me know in that case. But we're gonna move into a discussion around a team. BMBs have been big fans of this season. The Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, they were looking like a championship threat a maybe not a one seed threat but a top three seed threat for sure um and the biggest props we gave them was their ability to circumvent injuries which means in the sense they've had these injuries they've been able to play through them with a deep team well not recently they are one and nine in their last 10 games they have fallen to eighth in the western conference equal to the minnesota timberwolves who have been you know, so so harshly criticized this season. The Pelicans are right there with them now. And the biggest thing from the Pelicans in terms of what they've done in this stretch, last 12 games is where the numbers are pulled from that I'm reading from here. They've lost nine of those 12, so they won two before this 10. That being said, their net rating sharply decreases the further into the game. So their net rating in the first quarter is negative is 1.6. Second quarter, negative 5.9. Third quarter, negative 8.9. And their fourth quarter net rating is negative 21. An offensive rating of 101, a defensive rating of 122. So their offense completely goes to bed in the fourth quarters. Um, You've probably watched them a lot more than I have, especially in this stretch. Have you noticed anything off? They have had a pretty tough schedule, but for a team that has you know playoff aspirations, they got to beat these teams as well. Uh, what have been your thoughts on the Pelicans here? I think I think also the, the difficult schedule, but also so many games in so such so, such a short time with limited roster. So these guys are getting overrun, and they are like also it's not like only Brandon Ingram and and Zion Williamson. They also they didn't have Herb Jones for 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 these games. Jason Daniels. So like 
Jonas is playing like minutes that he shouldn't be playing. Like they have so many guys that are out of their comfort zone. Like they just need to do too much now. And they rely on him day in, day night. And they had so many like crippled roster and so many games in such a short time. And also uh, on the road and against the good teams, it's difficult to play. Like and rely on CJ McCollum that he just like getting exhausted like uh, over this case like he needs to carry this team on the, his back for like 15 straight games in like 25 days and there is not a single guy that can produce besides him so yeah i mean consistent they always had some like when you had zion ingram and and cj you always had some fourth guy to came up every night but you can rely on these guys to like have big nights every night and they need to do that to be able to be to be able to win but also playing Miami Heat twice, playing Denver Nuggets, playing Bucks, like playing Cleveland Cavaliers, like that 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 will be difficult even if they were healthy. That's like yeah, that's like championship teams, contenders, and yeah, that's that, that's very difficult. And, and I I think it's it's three things. So difficult schedule, it's too many games on, on such a small amount of rest. And depleted roster, and CJ can't do everything by himself, and yeah, so many guys playing out. Like you did have Devontae Graham, like from out of the rotation to playing like 25 minutes, right? Like, come on, man, that's not, not great. But also, I think they needed to be a bit better and not lose the games against the Magic and, and I don't know Wizards. But hmm. yeah, it's it's difficult. Yeah, eight, eight I, of the nine. I, I, I sorry, sorry. Right. I don't have many dubs when they are healthy that they will, they will reclimb the to the top of the ladder, but it could take time. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, eight of the twelve games that I spoke about were against teams above five hundred. Uh, nine of those were on the road. Um, Zion has missed ten of those games. Brandon Ingram has missed twelve of those games, uh, as you mentioned as well. Herb Jones has been out, big part of that. Um, Zion's a big one. He's been out since January 2nd. He's been so fun to watch this season. They've been using him as like a point guard, essentially. Um, <laughs> and and you, don't, you wouldn't think it would work, but it absolutely does. And he was in MVP conversations. He's starting in the All-Star game. Like just, just seeing that powerful a player handling the ball for your offense is, is just uh, a testament to how far, I guess, the NBA has come and a testament to how good he is. So um I also agree. The Pelicans went healthy. They are still a dangerous team. And with all those picks, all those Lakers picks, they have the opportunity in the next week and a half to really strengthen their team by the NBA trade deadline, which is around the corner, which gives us some great content eventually. But uh, let's get into the pick segment of the show. Uh, we had three yesterday. They go two and one. We are going to two official plays for today's stream, starting with the Clippers who are visiting the Chicago Bulls. Take it away from here. So the first bet is DeMar DeRozan over 22 and a half points combined with Paul George over one and a half threes, which is one minus 115 at DraftKings. So yeah, I just <laughs> love these spots for many reasons. One of the reasons is DeMar DeRozan playing great lately. He last six games, he scored 26 or more points in a row, like playing amazing. <laughs> Interesting part is a game against the Orlando Magic. He shot five from five from three point line. Like, 
Yeah, I think he's got he one of those games. Five threes for like, yeah, I think I don't think he scored five threes for like a couple of seasons now. Like, I think like <laughs> probably like four to five seasons. Maybe I don't know if he, I don't think it's her career high, but over the last couple of seasons for sure is. So that's nice. And if he can score one or two threes tonight, that would be awesome. But I don't expect it. Uh, but it was what it was one off a career high. Sorry to interrupt. It was one off a career high, yeah. which he's done twice. But yes. So so yeah, he had a couple amazing games. Even though they had some not great, see they had easy schedule, but yeah, still like great shooting form. And last season against the Clippers and Ty Lue, he had thirty five and fifty points. So looking at the, the way the, the, he was defended by Paul George most of the time and Nikos Batum. Now he probably gets more of a Kawhi Leonard uh, matchup, but I don't think Kawhi is like I, I he's one probably one of my best wing defenders of all time. But coming back from the injury, I don't think he he's at, at, at that level on defense. And also, I love the Marjorie Rosen in a single coverage. I don't think they double team him or anything against Kawhi and Kawhi like. I just love and we saw LeBron James scoring like almost 50 points in that same matchup in the same position. And yeah, I just love, especially at 22 and a half. Also, he's playing with the second unit starting the like second and fourth quarter with second unit when Kawhi sits. So he scores the most points with the second unit, almost like half of his line. So I think I just love this. And uh, the second part is Paul George please. Yeah, I can show the graph for the trees. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's 29 out of the 34 overs and hitting it with great, like 85% clear rate. Last season, both games against the Bulls cleared this line. And the interesting fact is that Chicago Bulls allowed the most, the second most trees to the opposing shooting guards, and they allowed the second second most trees overall. They are just like they are just over helping and just swarming on the on the drives and the, the help on the nail is always always coming because they have Vucevic inside and they just can't allow people to attack him because he's a terrible defender. So they just overcommit and that will open up the game for, for Paul George and Vucevic is a slow guy and he can shoot even off the screens. Because which which won't get be able to get a ball, so yeah, this is a great spot for Paul George. This is a great spot for DeRozan, and we like this both combined. And yeah, getting a good 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 line, good value on this bet. Solid stuff. Um, just for like, because the Clippers are like a wild card to bet uh, on or against a lot of the time. Uh, let's say Kawhi Leonard is out injured. Does that favor DeRozan even more for this game or? Would that kind of concern you because they're maybe double him more? Like, do you think this is kind of foolproof whether whether whoever plays for the Clippers today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't make Good. much much difference if you double team. I mean, DeRozan is a guy that's used to double teams and ice defense right. and every kind of defense. So he's still constantly scoring over this line. If whenever the game is close, I think this game could be close. It's a three point spread. I don't know what to expect from the Clippers on the road. I actually like like two and a half spread for the Clippers in this game. Like if they play the entire roster, <laughs> I hate this 
this Bulls team. Like they're so terrible. Like I man, like they were up 20 against the Pacers and lost. They lost to the Hornets like by 15. Like they are not. They have so many troubles, and I think this Clippers healthy Clippers team is like five times better than, than this Bulls team. But they're on the road coming back from. I don't know. Like I, I would usually take the, the the money line spread and. Like money line in Paul George threes is also good, great bet for this one. It's a bit correlated, but yeah, just taking the Rosen because you never know with these Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers. Oh my God, they're they're so frustrating to bet on. You put you find like a good number, and then halfway through the day, Kawhi uh, injury management not playing, Paul George injury management, whatever. So uh, we'll take a little bit of security going with the Rosen instead, and we'll move on now into the second of two official plays for today. This one involving the Hornets, who you love betting against. Um, I had a hunch before we even started today that Anten Tenkunpo would feature in this one, and yes, he does. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, I, I, and this is what this one. So we are betting Giannis over Anten Tenkunpo over 29 and a half points combined with Lamelo Ball over two and a half threes, which is minus 105. Uh, DraftKings, DraftKings, but this one is actually pretty interesting one because you're like, it was like three weeks ago they played and Hornets blown out the, the Milwaukee right. and Giannis had probably like second worst to that Houston game that, <laughs> that we had him, like he had nine <laughs> points in 22 minutes, only made two field goals, like in that game it was obvious that Yanis is hurt and that Yanis is not well. Like next game, he scored 22 points in 37 minutes and then had like seven points against the Hawks. Like, and then he went to like being away like 10 days and came back and started smashing this line like crazy. So Yanis scored 33, 41, and 50 points in the last three games. And I'll say this matchup is probably easier than all of these three matchups. So I went back to, to watch this game. I only watched like five, six minutes of the first quarter, uh, five minutes before the show, just to check. And they were doing very poor on defending Giannis. He was just wasn't able to score. And he was passive. And if you look at him last couple of games, if he just, I think he'll want to revenge for that game. It was pure embarrassment and one of the most embarrassing losses of of this season, probably of his last couple of seasons. Like losing 30 points to Hornet is like godly awful. And <laughs> I think if he just get aggressive inside here tonight, we could see like 50 points. Like it's not my, my many problems. Well, you know, sometimes yeah. Mason Plumley can give you problems, man. He's been he's been balling recently. So yeah, step back, step back mid range is yeah, fade away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He'll be honest and problems. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would love to. That will mean that game stays close. Yes, so yes, the course. second part of this bet is Lamelo Ball threes, and yeah, it's. It also self-explanatory the first game back. So he's he's under this line in two games that he came back from the injury. So like first one on the graph is one, and that was coming back from the injury first game. And the the the, the one the last loss was two 
to his also first game coming back from the injury. So he actually like have two two unders for me because in these two games he he said two for eleven and one from nine. So yeah, last game against the Bucks he scored seven threes. Last game against the Heat he scored four threes, and for the most of the games he's shooting ten or more threes. And with the rate he's shooting, with the, his shooting abilities, he should be able to score four threes, and which is also a winner greatly on this on this uh, graph. If you take a look at three and half, and but we are taking a bit like three, and I like this spot a lot for for Lamelo Ball because over the last couple of games every guard does shooting over this line i mean over his line of threes against the bucks i i'll need to take a more deep, deep deeper look to see what they changed on the defense because early in the season they weren't allowing so many threes to the guards but now they are back to allowing a ton of threes to the guards and yeah we should just take advantage of it because the book is set the line so this is one good example so over the last couple of five to six, ten games, they are allowing a ton of threes to the guards. And in the first 30 games of the season, they weren't. So data shows like they are good as defensive threes. And the book is set, set sets the lines looking at the data. Mm-hmm. So I think it's there is a, a there is more value there than earlier this year. Interesting. And that's where player pops can really provide. Uh, some extra value on the board sometimes like they're just things that it's not easy to pick up on unless you're you're doing the deep research fortunately we have pips here to do that for us a lot of the time and he's done that for the two picks for today's show let's recap them here first of all in the clippers visiting the chicago bulls DeRozan over 22 and a half points is paired with paul george over one and a half three pointers that is minus 115 at DraftKings, and we have the graph here paul george has covered this three-point line very consistently, very, very consistently this season. And the second play, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 30-plus points, is paired with LaMelo Ball over two-and-a-half threes, which is minus 105 at DraftKings. Also, LaMelo Ball smashes that three-point line most of the time this season. Only twice he hasn't if you take away those, those injury performances where he shot horrendously. But... Consistently covers there. Love the two spots that we have for today. Thank you guys so much for the great support on the streams recently. We've been we've been crushing it the last two streams. Hopefully, we can do the same today. If you guys have been enjoying the content, please make sure you subscribe on YouTube. It does go along with supporting us. Thank you so much for 600 subs on the road to 700 now and eventually to 1,000. Hit that like button and help us get into some recommended pages. Rate and review five stars on podcasts and also on Twitter. Give us a like. Maybe tell a friend. Share the stream. And uh, visit thehammer.bet for more sports betting content across different sports. Super Bowl around the corner. Don't miss out on the great content over there. But for myself and Pips, uh, thank you again. We will see you tomorrow for more from Pick and Roll.